Welcome to the Unveiled Podcast. My name is Peg Peters, and we are exploring the intersection of psychedelics and spirituality. And uh, today we have Dave Phillips, uh, one, uh, the, one of the founders of this podcast. And uh, Dave is a trainer with Theracil, a nonprofit in Canada that is uh, training physicians, uh, healthcare workers, uh, and uh, therapists, counselors on how to work with psilocybin. Uh, and, uh, I'm laughing Dave, when you say the, the intersection of... Yeah. Someone said to me the other day, said, uh, do you know Peg Peters? And I went, oh, yeah, yeah, I know Peg really well. He's one of my best friends. And and they said, uh, they said, well, what's this psychedelic Jesus all about? Oh, who, who asked this? <laughs> I forgot, it doesn't matter. But I forgot, yeah. I forgot about yeah. the website and they yeah. read read the website. And and I it's not that they were like, uh, okay, so it was just like, I've never heard that kind of concept yeah. psychedelic Jesus. And I went, oh yeah, that's that. Well, this is what we think. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is, and is, that's- uh, This is this podcast, yeah. Yeah, so it's, um, yeah. I mean, I, I think today, Dave, I mean, there's so many, this will be kind of a free for all. We'll just riff on a million different topics sure, and sure. we'll see where it all goes. But yeah, uh, yeah I mean, we can, we can start there. We could start with you know i think the last time that you and i had a conversation we were we were talking a little bit about uh kind of our heart to create a spiritual community uh that that took psychedelics seriously and says that you know what psychedelics isn't just um okay i'll back it up there's 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 kind of two things going on in the psychedelic community right now there's what i'll call the the medical stream of psychedelics which is the medicalization of this movement which is how do we use psychedelics to treat mental health disorders and and really help people kind of unlock trauma right and two therapists one person you know doing models like that beautiful and and you really found your kind of zone in there and are working with you know theracil and training people across canada you've trained hundreds of people already Mm -hmm. in this in this protocol for me it's um i'm interested in this another kind of stream in that which is uh psychedelics you know more more as an entheogen as uh, uh almost like a sacrament that these plant medicines uh have come to us through these indigenous communities and communities all around the world cultures that have seen these plant medicines as ways of human beings connecting with the divine in community that's what interests me and so i've moved into like gathering groups these group models of how to do uh you know group psilocybin experiences Mm -hmm. but for me it's really the undergirding of all of this stuff is really this longing to connect with god with, with this real big divine calling of human beings want to connect with the divine and here's a substance that can usher us to have a direct connection with god oh yeah, you know I, that's what I interests so. me I, I know anna but i would i would add to it just um uh, a longing and i i make it a capital l longing like in canada anyways but probably elsewhere um to to be in real community yeah. with other human beings that see the universe the same way Mm-hmm. Right, the sea, yeah. life, the divine, who my values, who I want to be in my life, and and wanting to to be in in some sort of meaningful community with other people right. of the same mind, so that we can support each other. Because right. you know, this is part of one of my things. Like life is really super hard. Mm. It's hard living yeah. in these bodies and living in these lives, especially with all the you know stuff going on in the world these days, and. Uh, so yes, I love the, 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 uh, is it the ability? Maybe I don't know if it's the right word, but that what psilocybin and other psychedelics say seem to, um, allow us to connect in a very meaningful way with however you want to call it the divine yeah. God, 
you know, the goodness of the universe, the big energies, whatever, love, you know, whatever. Love, yeah. yeah, whatever you want to call those things, that it's not just like a, an idea, but it's an actual experience. I was meeting with someone yesterday and that's what she said to me. She goes, when I was actually in that place, she said, I experienced God, mm -hmm. right? It was like, I've actually had an experience with God. Right. She said, I will never forget it. It was in my body. It was yep. in my, and yep. so I, I agree with you there. Yeah. The psychedelics have that remarkable ability to, but, to do but that. But where do we land those people? Like, I think yeah. that's, you know, we, we've always, we've, we've often said, you can have a mountaintop experience and go to the, you know, have this incredible, you know, non-dual experience of oneness and unity and connection, but then you come down the mountain and then you're like, where, where can I safely connect to, you know, to a community of people that understand and value what the experiences I, that I had and who are going to say, yeah, uh, we have language for that. We have a shared yeah. understanding of it. And yeah. I think there's this growing, you know, there's a growing sense of what we call the spiritual, but not religious folks, right? These being our, yeah. Yep. And they're, and, and it's, it's growing fast. And we see mm -hmm. that a lot in Canada and the U S and These, not just within Christianity, nope. like, <clears throat> any no, sort it, of like all world religions are seeing yeah. this people yeah. that are saying there's, there's a, there's something deep in my soul as a human that longs for spirit spirit. But the, the, the trappings it's come in is too small. It's, it's been loaded with uh, in and out language of hell, of, you know, anti-gay, uh, you know, yeah, anti-queer hate stuff, sentiment, a lot of, of hate language, stuff. a lot of exclusionary stuff, a lot of division stuff. Yeah, you know, and so and, we, but no one wants that. So yeah, we, we're, but how do we create a new spiritual community then that is devoid of some of these rigid uh, religious structures? That intrigues me. And I think there's something new that's coming up. We need new gods, new spiritual communities, new frameworks to understand. Yeah, like I, 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 someone could say, you know, talk about psychedelic Jesus or a psychedelic church or something like that, that there's, there's two pieces to it. Like someone say, well, do you have to be like into psychedelics to be part of that community? And like, no, 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 no. That's like, I think we, we are wanting to figure out how to use psilocybin, that plant, um in, in a sacramental kind of way in the in the community that that could be really interesting for a lot of people we're just we're just kind of at the front of thinking through some of that but bill richards who's a who's a, just a scholar in using uh psilocybin which is magic mushrooms yeah, uh, Johns Hopkins, Hopkins, head of the whole five thousand overseen five thousand trips he's in his book sacred knowledge he breaks down like six or seven qualities that seem to characterize this, this psychedelic experience. And I said, if you list those six or seven qualities and say, what do you want a spiritual community to be about? That would be those six or seven. Yeah. Hey, do you remember what they are? Sure. Well, I mean, there's, there's uh, love, agape love at the core of all existence, uh, the immortality of the soul, um, beauty and goodness as the defining characteristic of humans, like these sorts yeah, of and, and a unity that, that, yeah, yeah. All, that connection all is with, yeah, yeah, all is one. All, we are no all connected between them and right. us. Yeah. Right. And right. Yeah. You talk about, there's no, none of this, the us, them kind of thing. We use, you list those six things and you, you go, Oh, yeah. well, if you want to call that like a church, I'm all about that. Right. Love, that's what i want to be inclusion unity there's no levels you know uh this body isn't the only thing our consciousness is 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 bigger and broader i mean these are kind of you know I, the central ideas of a faith community that i could get up and that i could get right. beyond you know and say absolutely yeah so I, I think a lot of folks like you say this and SBNR thing they 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 feel this uh emerging spirituality but the only model 
that they've ever seen in their life is through a religious container that they've now rejected. Right. And so you can see that now I'm in a dilemma. Yeah. Right. I don't, I don't, if I want to be spiritual, I have to be religious. I don't want to be religious. So I guess I can't be spiritual. It's kind yeah. of a, kind of a, a catch 22 that people get into. We want to say, no, I think, I think we can like everything else that evolves. We can imagine a community that, that isn't religious like that. Right. But at the right. same time, we, you said it's psychedelic Jesus. It's not just right. psychedelic right. that we kind of think that in Christianity, that, that just like any world religion, like Hinduism or uh, Islam, whatever, that there there's value in the in the symbols. In, in the symbols, yeah. You know, I think that's for me is that's been growing, right? Because oh yeah, you know, um, you and I are like this. I know. This, like ten years ago, this About, was me. Yeah, like I'm in below. terms of Christianity, you were yeah. like, so I'm not even a Christian. I don't. I don't want to identify at all. And now, like, I'm looking way up at you. You're like Mr. Jesus Man. I just love well, it. Well, you know, I guess I yeah. I mean, I had. I mean, let let's be really honest here. I had a really profound. <laughs> I had a really profound like psychedelic experience, right? Yeah, Where I yeah. I mean. In this group group experience and uh uh and psilocybin and you know set in this was recently like last yeah. uh, March May, uh february 25th february you know? right yeah and uh and one of my intentions was how do i you know and i you know for me i use a lot of parts language internal family systems is a, such a beautiful map of how to go inside the interior psyche and begin to understand these parts you know i've got a part mm. like this and a part and so there was this part of me that i'm that i was like bumping up against which i'll call it like you know the pastor peg guy, you know, I was ordained early on and, and, you know, and I'm in my twenties and, uh, I always had to kind of bracket that guy out. It's like, anytime yeah. I'm having conversations, like, well, I used to be in pastor and I feel embarrassed by that. You were that ashamed of it. Let, I, I mean, was right? ashamed of and, being and, an evangelical know, at, pastor. At some level peg appropriately. So yeah. I mean, the meanings that people would attach to that label, you go, that's not me. I know. And, no, if, and if I you're going to attach those labels that. and I got a yeah. distance. You know, and so here I am on this on this experience and uh, and and in this experience of trying to get close to this pastor peg part that has been bracketed away and kind of locked up in some kind of place in, you know, in my 30s or something. Uh, all of a sudden this I had this experience of connecting with this part and. And in the midst of that was this, this real clear Jesus. And I'd never encountered Jesus in my other psychedelic trips. Like I encountered the divine feminine, by the way, we got to talk about that. Uh, we got to talk about Dennis McKenna and this blue feminine deity that's been, you know, drawn by AI over 10,000 experiences. People put data on what they saw and no then they drew it out. And it's like a, you know, a sketch artist, you know, and, and it's like, and that's what I saw. I saw this. Anyways, I'll have to send you the yeah, picture yeah, of, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, it's in these DMT drawings that people get, but I encountered that, but I never encountered Jesus in, mm. you know, in my, mm. in my psychedelic journeys until February. And, uh, and the way that, uh, in a way I encountered this, you know, this, whatever, this energy of, of Jesus was, uh, was actually through, uh, and this is just so beautiful, David. I, I, it's so cute when this happens, but I'm on this experience and one of our guides just grabs my hand to hold my hand in the midst of, uh, you know, in the beginning of my, my journey and I was feeling the tactile my I have eye shades on and I'm feeling this kind of big strong hand and I realized oh that's one of our guides oh oh that's Glenn Brooks you know and I you know one, we know him Glenn he's there holding my hand and then all of a sudden I'm just feeling his hand and there oh yeah there's a little he cut off his tip of his toe his finger on a table saw he's a carpenter and this is what my psyche did right and I'm like carpenter 
and I'm holding the hand. And so this hand became the hand of Jesus, the carpenter, the carpenter yeah. in my the journey ruddy, experience. Top ruddy, missing you know, a fingertip yes, working guy. with. Yeah. Yeah. And again, you can be like, well, that's a weird little. And all of a sudden that was the, that was the gateway into this experience for me mm. was through the, the hands of Glenn Brooks, you know, uh, into this, uh, this Jesus character that, that, you know, and it's, it was the divine Christ of, of all creation and, and it began to get close to me. And it was like, Peg, why are you, why are you embarrassed of me? You know? And I'm like, I'm not embarrassed of you. I'm embarrassed of what Christianity has done. Yeah. You can separate me and from Christianity's Christianity. got your name on it. Right. And so <laughs> that's not that's not me, is it? And I'm like, you know, lean into me. What am I about? Look at my parables. You love my parables. And I began to all these parables started to come. I mean, we we would teach the parables for three years. We did a series of of taught 66 parables. And I know these parables. Honestly, we were at our very best in yeah, those stories. Teaching the stories of Jesus. And right. I'm like, you know, and, and in that journey, I began to fall in love with the teachings of Jesus and began to understand the, how, how aligned they are with this new unfolding of a spirituality that's coming to me wow. from plant medicines. Wow. And, and I was like, do you see the connections? You think Buddhism is beautiful? What about these symbols over here about the least and the last and the lost? What about these symbols? And I had all these stories started coming back to my, to me, and I just, just cried and, and I kind of re-met Jesus in a profound way and said, yeah, yeah. I, I don't mind these symbols. These symbols are beautiful and inclusive uh, and, and can really be helpful for people, particularly those that are bridging the gap, leaving their Christian faith, trying to find a new way of being spiritual. Mm. And, uh, and so I just, you know, I had this new sense of, I can connect with psychedelic Jesus, the Jesus that fasted for 40 days and had visions, the Jesus that was uh, held underwater by John the Baptist until he had a vision and the dove came down, a Jesus that was on the Mount of Transfiguration and his closest disciples could see angels descending and ascending. All these psychedelic experiences. These are all right? psychedelic, all, you know, they're yeah, all yeah. trance state experiences trans that are common yeah, in yeah, every yeah culture on our planet and I've, I've now begun to see the threads uh, of, of why Christianity and psychedelics are actually coming back together in a union like they first did in the first 300 years yeah. of Christianity. You know, as I've critiqued um, and, I, and, I, and to be fair I'm just going to say evangelicalism because that's my milieu yeah. it's, you know I, was, I wasn't uh, didn't re don't really know a lot about other um, Christian expressions, but uh, evangelicalism. That if I critique evangelicalism, say what are where where did you really really miss the boat? Um, and you know we talk about some of the things like hell and whatnot. But I think I think where really all of Christianity, maybe not Catholicism, but all of Christianity, um, it's it's the unbalance of a masculine God. Yes, right. Yeah. And and you said like what both of us said after our very first large dose um, mushroom experience. Both of us said the feminine. Yeah. Like the 100%. feminine. It's just like, yeah. wow, the divine is feminine, yeah. the divine nurtures. Um, but it because Christianity's been so out of balance, and it really has, it's been so out of balance that the the temptation is to to uh cut Jesus out of the picture because he's masculine. And for me, that it's like, no, I I think the divine feminine is the kind of guiding energy of life of relationships mm -hmm. the honoring of of the divine feminine within myself and within creation however 
Jesus is a great teacher. Like he's taught me so many things. Mm. And I think of him like on a, on a real level, I think of him as my brother. But but that diminishes him a little bit because he's also my master, right? He's he's also, and I don't mean master, slave master. I just mean someone I really respect, mm. you know, and I just, and I, for lots of different reasons, right? I just, I, I love who he is. But I think I, I've noticed when I tell people these things that I can feel them kind of pull back a little bit. And I, and I think, I think for me, I, I do need to make sure that, that we lead with the feminine, mm-hmm. that we, you know, that as, as important as Jesus is to me and to you. And, and I love like his stories are like, we, we get into his stories. You can live your entire life by those stories, have a very happy, healthy life. If you kind of get into those stories, so love, love, love. And what I think he did for mankind, love, love, love. That's so much appreciation. But the divine, you said, I'm interested in this blue light Dennis McKenna thing, because yeah. I think that, I think that is one of the themes that, that is beginning to emerge across psychedelics yeah. is, is the divine feminine. So tell yeah. me about this yeah. AI yeah, so- blue, yeah. feminine picture dmt that's all sounds crazy I don't even yeah know what you're talking i'll about. I'll, uh, well, I'll see if i can find the article and i'll send it over to you in the chat but oh. you know bottom line is okay and i'm just gonna be because sometimes you just gotta name drop because it's fun you know i don't know why but it, so i'm over at dennis mckenna by the way dinner that's not name Friday. dropping you and heather just went out to his place yeah. for dinner he lives in abbotsford i know i'm all you know there's this he uh, is a famous guy but he's also just uh like an aging man who yeah, would i think value your company and love hanging out with you so good for right you. and that's i think the beauty of of him he's just a normal guy kind of like you know anyways so he's very down to earth i love that very down to earth yeah, and yeah. we had this great great conversation and uh so um i think i see i can find images of feminine divine let's see if i can find it uh so <clears throat> these are it's uh oh I, I, I just google something and it's a this is the line in one of the vice articles i just i've never read read this one uh it's official dmt makes you believe in god a study has found <laughs> that most people who regularly use psychedelic drug dmt develop a belief in a higher power such as god 92 percent of people who encounter that believe. anyways that's quite funny yeah. i can't i'll find it um but just but, tell me the idea yeah, I so mean, the we idea can, was that um, later on some about ai yeah, taking so they all did these this stories study and... where <clears throat> they did this study where they elicit, uh, you know, anyone who has had, uh, you know, high dose psychedelic experiences on DMT, ayahuasca, psilocybin, you know, whatever, um, mescaline, and that they could contribute to, you know, be part of this uh, observational study. So it wasn't a clinical study. And they were just looking for themes. And so what they did is they got people to write subjectively in like, you know, 200 words, describe your encounter with the divine, you know, and, you know, everyone's like, as, as Johns Hopkins would say, what 88% of people who have these experiences have a mystical experience, this, yeah, yeah. this kind of a sense of that we are transcending, they're in connecting with something larger, There's something larger outside right, of them, right, that, that they're connected to, and yeah, all of life, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. Yeah. So they said, okay, subjectively describe what that experience looked like. They were looking for what are the visuals you were getting, right? And you'd think that in a study of, I think it was eight to 10,000 reports that were were dumped in and then look, AI began to correlate, like using like chat GPT, they pulled all of this data and found like, what are the themes? And then, uh, because people would describe, like describe the color, describe the texture, describe what this felt like. And, you know, if you had to sketch it, what would it, so everyone was 
was kind of doing this. And so what this AI then is, it took all of these, this data points and then drew the- An amalgam kind of thing. An amalgam yeah. of yeah. all yeah. of these images yeah. That, yeah. that people saw. And, and I remember, I mean, you know, so he was like, hey, take a look at this. And I'm like, that's what I saw. Yeah, that's yeah. what I saw. And it's, yeah. and so, you know, there's, there's many reactions to that, which is like, okay, is there a collective conscious kind of view that, you know, obviously 10,000 people from many different cultures and it wasn't, they weren't all Christian. It wasn't at all Christian. It was, you know, pervasive around many cultures, people responding, male, female, different times. And yet there was a sense of that. It was, uh, um, and I'll, I'll kind of describe it. It was kind of, it looked a little bit like uh, a blue Shiva deity, um, like when you kind of the Hindu, uh, mm -hmm. Hindu kind of notions of what Shiva might look like, mm -hmm. um, very feminine, uh, it, it, but there was kind of a wispy character to it almost looked not, not, not like the wraiths in Lord of the Rings, but kind of misty like that without, but yet yeah. very feminine. Which uh, is very true of psychedelic yep. things. Things don't have like, often don't have like precision clarity they're yeah. they're they're kind of impressionistic and kind of do we actually see it or did we just experience this hard right. to say right but yeah. it's real right I yeah so it. you know and so there was this a sense of uh, of of kind of a, a unity of experience and i'm more interested i'm more i'm also interested in the idea that sociologically so many people would say yeah that's that's a good representation of what i experienced now so so kind tell of me this, about that yeah coincidentally if you said dave describe it to yeah. me that that's probably it right it definitely was definitely was blue yeah well, yeah she was she was blue There's yeah no question yeah. about it and, and massive and and, and and when when you say lord of the rings wraith like i know what you mean but if you yeah. could think it's just she wasn't just like standing still it right. was move it was always movement yeah. and she was with me the 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 blue color i guess is what what kind of supports it but when my encounter in almost every one of my psychedelic trips um, has had this quality of um, nurturing, nurturing, mm -hmm. nurturing love for me. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. like individual, I see you, you know, little baby, little child. I, yeah. you were seen by me and cared for by me. That So that, that yeah. connects, that I'll say, yep, that was mine. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and I think I've said this on this podcast before, my, you know, my, mine was, I was cradled you know, in, in this arms of a mother, her eyes were six inches from me, you know, these blue eyes on me singing my name as she held me. Right. And just was like singing this divine song to me. And I mean, mine crossed over into, you know, my own mother, I had images of my own mother as a child and yeah, an infant, yeah. and then it became this divine being, but yeah. at the, at the heart of who we are as humans, we're just these little children that long to be loved, that long to belong, and that to long feel safe for, and, and yeah, to feel held, connected, right? Yeah, you know, and to feel like you know, at the end of all of whatever all of this is, this experience of consciousness, that that at the core of all this, behind everything, is not fear, but a divine mother holding and saying, "You belong, you are loved," yeah. and I'm the 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 burden, I guess, if that's the right word that I feel, I know you do too of wanting humans to experience that knowing that that's the elixir yeah right that that can cure i read a in my, in my time feed this morning you know it's always like top 12 headlines of the day one of them was 2021 study shows one third of all teenage girls considered suicide man 
one out of three teenage girls considered suicide. Wow. And when I read that, I was like, it just like you just boom, you know, and I got, I got five granddaughters who are yeah. going to be teenagers in the yeah. next 10 years. And, and I know that, I know that it's, it's challenging. I know there's lots of big ticket items, these young kids to try to land and understand, but if they could feel, you know, that sort of connection and love, yeah. what a difference it would make, which is real challenge because we can't do psychedelic therapy with adolescents, but if we could do it with their parents, I know. You know, if we I could, know. you know, get the humans around them, not loving them in sort of a um, a way that removes them from their life and doesn't invite them to face challenges. That I think that's a problem that we don't. We're not building resilience, but in a way that says it doesn't matter whether you succeed or fail. Mm, right. Yeah, that that yeah. you are always my child. That you're always, yeah, loved. always loved. That yeah. as you just described described it there. That that beautiful being seen and known. Yeah, I think when you don't have that, yeah, that that's very naturally where suicidal ideations come from. Yeah. It's like I don't matter then. I don't. I'm not tethered. I'm not connected. And yeah. and how horrible that must be. And and so I think people. you know what we're what we're pushing toward again. Going back to comments we've made about you know we had that we had that conversation about your friend Al Runji, and I just it's it's uh, it's connecting with me again. This idea that for me. Christianity or any any kind of faith community needs to move away from these ideas of certainty and didactic belief systems. Those are an old, modern, very Reformation-driven kind of mindset. And of, allows the ruling male class. Yes, to it's a patriarchy. Right. Males get to decide who's in and who's out, yeah. and you know, and women are out first of all, and men are higher, by, and all by that. By rules, kind of stuff. just all hear the rules and right. Yeah, I don't right. care about that anymore. Right. I really don't care about your beliefs. I I really care about you encountering something, experiencing mm -hmm. something. Mm -hmm. If you have not experienced the loving gaze of the divine feminine in your mm -hmm. life. Where at the core of who you are, you know that you belong. I want to give you that experience. I want you to know that behind all of this, there you can feel held and loved and known. And I um and you so know, in I our model the community that for that too. In our model of psychedelic therapy, like we we believe that what what's happening at the doses that we, you know, at five grams or three mm -hmm. grams of these higher doses, we, we believe that we are deactivating a part of the brain that is like the controlling brain the in charge brain and and it's it's really the the brain for so many of us that that stays in control because it's it's afraid all the time yeah trauma whatnot but it gets deactivated once you can move that aside for five or six hours what emerges we believe is our own primary consciousness mm -hmm. our own kind the of body. core yeah. yeah core sense of who we are as an entity as a human being on this earth and so people go in with depression for example or end of life distress and they're like i'm terrified of dying i'm terrified of dying and something happens in their psychedelic experience where they encounter the divine the blue mm -hmm. you know goddess that that is wraith and and feel absolutely seen and held and that like one as one person who had this experience just the other day and she was telling me that, that when she was in her experience, she realized, oh, I'm I'm never gonna die. Like my body's gonna die. Right, right. But I'm she just she said that was given to me. Mm. So I came out of it. I'm not afraid of dying anymore. Wow. I'm not afraid of dying right, anymore. Right. Now, by the way, as a therapist, I don't know how to do that. 
Right. I right. don't know how to do that, especially right. in six hours. Right. Well, because, you know, all that CBT is like, that's the brain again. Here's new beliefs. Now we're saying this has nothing to do with your, your, your default mode network anymore. Right. That actually gets bracketed out. There's no fear. And all you have is this primary consciousness, this very deep somatic e- energies that come up. And this is the stuff that you're the like, body okay, knowing yeah. I'm safe. Yeah. I'm good relax I'm loved just just right? relax laugh like right. you know this as well I do how often in deep state psychedelic experiences people just start laughing and yeah. you ask them what are you laughing about yeah. and they all say the same thing I'm so silly I right. take things way too seriously yes, I know right? yes yeah, there's yeah, a yeah, there's yeah. a sense I was I was sitting with uh, another a therapist in a session and this gentleman was was laughing in the same kind of scene and uh uh, you know, he came out to go to the washroom and I said, oh, it sounds like you're, you know, it sounds like it's pretty pleasure, you know, pretty good in there. And he just looked at me and said, it's all exactly the way it's supposed to be, Peg. Right. It's, exa- it's exactly. And I'm like, what do you mean? Everything in my life, everything has brought me to this moment. It all belongs. And I'm like, wow. you can't tell someone that you, because it, it, it sounds no. like you're being disingenuous to say, you know, right. that your broken marriage that belongs, you know, that event that happened. You that can't belongs. say that to another person. No, but, but if someone really encounters that and experiences that that's a profound experience that could change their entire worldview. If it gives you, you agency, yes. you now feel like, Oh, I'm not this kind of thing. That's the victim I'm not of doing all it wrong. I'm you not know, doing I'm it not, wrong. Right. You know, I'm not screwing it all up and right. I'm a bad person and I'm doing it all wrong. You're right. like, you get a sense deep inside of you that you belong, that this is exactly the way that the universe is unfolding for you, for your growth and for your connection, that this is exactly, that's something you cannot, you know, I can't teach a brain that, but you can experience that in the heart, you know? Right. And uh, there's this line, again, going back to my, uh, my own Christian stuff, there's this line in the, in the book of Ephesians where, where Paul, one of the writers is saying, may the eyes of your heart see that, that, and know the love and depth of, of God, right? right? The eyes of your heart, that's not your brain, that's something deep in the core, the eyes of our heart, that's such a beautiful phrase that they would know the depth of the love of God. It's that, interesting. You, that can you, be, you know, that can be experienced. Yeah, this, you, you, you talk about Ephesians, I was reading Ephesians the other day, and it starts with this language about that, like trying to use words to describe the the magnificence of the divine mm. and the words that I was reading, I thought I've read these words before. We're very familiar. And I went it, um, in Chris Bashi's book, LSD and the mind of the universe. Yeah. He talks about the diamond luminosity mm-hmm. with like when he, like in the, like trip number 52 or something like yeah. that, all of a sudden he broke through and he, and he, for him, like the divine is light and light energy. And, but he, he tries to give words to this diamond luminosity, which he just says, when you're there, it's that's all existence. It's everything. It's you don't want to be anywhere else but right there. It's the it's the nectar. It's perfect. And I went, yeah, I, I think I think the whoever wrote that letter had a psychedelic trip. And we we have evidence yeah. that the early church yeah. regularly used yeah. um LSD through ergot and the yeah. and the ergot mushrooms line. are found in the archaeological evidence when they do Brian Morescu's book the immortality key, key. if yeah. you are a faith a, a person of a Christian or anyone 
Go read Brian Murrescu's book, The Immortality Key, where he uses ethnobotany and archaeology, where they scrape these vessels that they find in archaeological digs, and they analyze it using a spectrometer. What are the products in these wine vessels? Right. And what they find is that it's not just wine. It's mixed with henbane. And it's and, not even wine in the fermented sense. No. It's like wine was a very generic word. Yeah, they like use some sort great, of intoxicating drink. <laughs> then they added all sorts of concoctions and including ergot mushrooms, the, the, the substance that they used in Eleusis in the Eleusinian mysteries in Greece for a thousand years, Plato, Aristotle, Socrates, these characters, all the, the, you know, all the intelligentsia would go to Eleusis in Greece to encounter and to experience death before they die. To, but those who experience death and rebirth in the Eleusinian mysteries using the ergot psychedelic, that got brought into early Christianity yeah, as yeah. A, a continuation of the Dionysian cults. There was, there was recipes states. because yeah. ergot could kill you if you prepare yeah. it wrong. So, right. And so, so these early know, Christians were using it for communion. So whoever wrote this, this pastoral letter that we call Ephesians, I think he's trying to describe the diamond luminosity mm -hmm. that he saw on a psychedelic trip, which was the divine. He's trying to like put words to it. And they're, they're so superlative that to the non-psychedelic brain, they sound almost like, um, so not silly, but just, I, um, okay. So it was good. Okay. Got right. it. It was like really good. That's right. the best we can get. Right. But the, the words were so similar to, to what Bashi tried to do and Ellis did. Went, well, of course they were on a psychedelic trip when they, when they encountered the divine, they're just trying to describe it. They need an AI to kind of, you know, right. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I think about, you know, uh, in other image, other language that begins to make sense to me when you begin to understand how important altered states have been throughout all cultures, all shamanic cultures oh, yeah. have used trance and altered state, including Hebrew culture, Christian culture, you know, Greek cultures and all of our indigenous brothers, and sisters in the lower mainland all believe in trance-based learning uh, which means altered state using drum and all and kind of you know sweat lodge uh sundance all of these are at the core of what it means to be human is to get out of our head into our body to encounter something larger than ourselves and i think about the image in romans 8 uh 33 and when, when Paul says, there is nothing in all creation that can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, neither the heights nor depth, neither angels nor demons, nor principalities or powers, nor anything, nor your will, nothing can separate you. There's nothing you can do to be separated from God. There's no amount of evil you can do. There's nothing that can separate you from the divine love that is all around and present for you right now. And that can only be, like for me, that's a guy who has experienced something that's not just kind of waxing oh, eloquent right, right someone he experienced he went something. somewhere he did and he, it, whether it was his experience on the road to damascus as saul and then he has this blinding light right and he he talking says, to him <laughs> and he says this his vision hits him he's literally blinded like and he's you know the text says he's blind for three days until his sight gets returned he has this huge you know change in him who he is he actually asked to change his name your name is no longer saul but paul and then he says i don't know if i was into the third heaven or what was going on he's on he a got, massive lsd he had a massive He probably experience. didn't even know he took it. He probably right. drank something, and yeah. all of a sudden, he is in a big wave He's of He's having a vision, trip. right? Yeah. And just like, you know, if I, when I take a five-gram hit, and I'm into the third heaven, 
Paul experienced the same thing. And then he's talking about love now as an experiential reality of the divine presence in his life, that nothing can separate you from the love of God. There's nothing. I mean, that to me is an experience someone had. And, and you know, Peg, this may be another uh, podcast or two. I'd love to really uh, explore the other side of, of this whole conversation, which is there's something about living in this body in time and space mm. where we have this, uh, I don't know if the word is amnesia, but it's just like there's a there's a fucking brick wall mm. between my life here and that where I came from or what we're talking about here, that psychedelics open, a, open a it up a if you will, gates, uh, yeah. for a little while. Yeah. Okay. But the challenge for all of us is in our non-intoxicated states. In our yeah. like, how do I take those those truths, those those deep experiences of being loved and seen and connected and beauty and all of it into my life today, yeah. when all I have now left to me is words. I got to use mm -hmm. words to describe mm -hmm. it. I can't like. It, it that to me is is like i it it's so real for everybody yeah that it's worth talking about to say okay what's what's the idea here why why are we here in bodies what yeah. what's this what's this thing called life all about i'm as you know i'm very interested in that yeah. it's something yeah. that captures me a lot to try to yeah like because if it if there is some design in it if there is some like purpose in it mm -hmm. then i the way that i'm thinking these days is I think I laid down intentions for myself for this life and that that I'm I'm supposed to be learning some things not learning some things like you know drafting or you know whatever but I'm supposed to be learning things about the we in Christianity we might call it about the kingdom of God but we can just call it the ethos of the universe the truth of of all things you know love forgiveness lightness yeah. You know, we, we, you know, we call these archetypes, like how do we grow archetypes? Yeah. yeah. These big themes that are, that have been going on on our planet. There's an opportunity for humans to kind of level up, to, to increase their sense of compassion, their sense of empathy, their sense of connection. These are areas we can grow in. And as we, and what we're finding is that these plant medicines offer us a tool. They're just, as we know, they're non-specific amplifiers, right? Mm -hmm. They amplify whatever is going on. And so if, if we can, create an, a, a container where we feel safe and connected uh, you know in, in these ritual group spaces for me this is what this is my driving passion is to create ritualized safe communal spaces yeah, for people yeah. to encounter the divine again in in groups in larger groups and to have these ceremony like spaces that again human cultures have done this for thousands of years and it's only in the last 60 that plant medicines have been illegal on our planet you know nixon outlawed them and then the world health organization you know basically went into tow and said okay i guess we'll ban all of them and this is the first time well, other this... societies have banned these plants yeah yeah but I mean, the... as far as the west this has been something that's really <laughs> hit our generation you know over the last 50 years yeah. in in a way that thousands of years that plant medicines have been part of indigenous cultures and yeah and uh so how do we make 
How do we create communities where we can give people these, you know, divine experience, this entheogenic kind of experience where you encounter the divine and then you're now rooted back into a, a community that reminds you of this, right? So maybe it's yeah. uh, a retreat you go on twice a year and then a weekly sense of being reminded of what that experience was. Um, you, know, you think of these, yeah. these like the major plant medicines we're talking, cannabis, Okay, let's um, talk about cannabis. Magic talk. mushrooms, yep. mescaline, ayahuasca. Why are these so threatening that yeah. we've got to create like massive, like on the same level as sexual assault and murder kind of right. Schedule uh, one penalties, right? To like what is so they're threatening. not addictive, they're completely safe. No one's ever OD'd on mushrooms. It's impossible. <laughs> yeah, you can't. They they're non-addictive and they you can't die on them. You know, and all you get is, oh, I'm a little bit tired and I go to sleep, or I had a big vision and that was a little you know, it was a little uncomfortable because yeah, I'm I had disoriented trauma. for a few weeks. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. I'm I'm you know, I'm realizing these are powerful medicines. And so oh, sure. yeah. we need a container in which to experience them. Peg, you know, to can, make sense of them. I live on a mountain and I'm looking out of the mountain right now and I can go out probably 20, 20 yards from my house, meters from my house. And I can find a mushroom that's growing like very yep. close to me and I can eat that mushroom and it's going to kill me and I'm going to die. And there's no law against that. Mm -hmm. Right. I you have can, complete yeah. freedom as a citizen of Canada to go forage for a mushroom that will kill me right next to it is another mushroom, a psilocybin mushroom, that is very safe, safest of all the plants that have been studied. And if I take that, I'm there's a good chance I'm going to, you know, encounter the divine and fall in love with myself. And you're going to jail for that one. <laughs> right, right. And, you know, as Dennis McKenna says, he says, this is... Uh... Our, our brains has, have co-evolved with this substance that's been around for 400 million years right. on this planet, right. creating and breaking down organic material, making it ready for life. And there's something profound in the my, mycelium mushroom itself, yeah. the I concept of that as, as a substance that breaks down, you know, barriers, it breaks down things, decomposes it so that new life can form. Yeah. I mean, yeah. what a profound image. I mean, this is Especially Christianity. That's death, death and, and resurrection. resurrection. That's at the heart of the New Testament. Like, say, okay, what's the one idea right. that the New Testament is all about? It's about death and resurrection. Right. That's and, mushroom. And, and you know, That's unless mycelium. you... You know, and we hear, unless you kind of take up this cross, this, this idea of death and resurrection in your life, this is the daily you know, practice. What do I have to, you know, we, when we talk to people about going into altered state experiences, we use this cute little mantra is, you know, you know, trust, be open, let go and yeah. trust. Right. What are we trusting? Trust that the universe is for you. Trust in the beauty of this medicine. Trust in yourself. Trust in your own intuition and your own right. wisdom, right? right? Be open to new experiences. Be open. And then whatever comes go. up, trust it. It's all right. for you. It's all good. And then letting go. How do we let yeah. go of these systems, these ideas, these beliefs that no longer serve me? Things that I have maybe held in my life that I've been holding so tight, like they really are meaningful. Mm -hmm. Can I let them go? I mean, that's death and resurrection, right? That is the Christian story and the Christian images that we're calling that we're calling everyone to as they do these kind of deep dives into this medicine work. You know, you think of like, what is what is one of the, in my opinion, anyways, one of the real um, collision uh, themes that's going on in our world right now. It's It's an invitation to the male ruling class to let go. Let go. I know it's scary, guys. I, I know. 
but it's okay. Yeah. It's it's going to be okay. It's right. You and in that sense, we would say you got to die to that. Yeah. You got to you got to say that's over. I I'm not participating in that anymore. I'm going to let go into the unknown of what it means to have an actual egalitarian relationship with my partner, right? To with my friends, with my employees and employers to mm-hmm. to actually have a dip that that's that's death, man. That's, yeah. hard. that's hard. It's like yeah. it it hurts. I like yeah. getting my way. I like being yeah. a charmer. It's like being admired. I like, I like using a, power. Right. To get I like everything I want. Right. I like, but but once and you look then, what we're doing to the planet. It's yeah. the mushroom. The mushrooms. Okay, just let me break this down. Yeah. Let me do it in your brain right now. Oh, it hurts, it hurts, it hurts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just trust, let go be it. And all of a sudden, something happens. There's a critical moment. There's a, a gestalt mm-hmm. where yeah. it, it changes. And all of a sudden you, oh, oh, wow. Wow. I'm expanding. I'm growing. I had that. I couldn't have grown without that yeah. moment. That's what we mean by death and resurrection. That's yeah. what we mean by trust, be open, let go. That's exactly yeah, And I think there's such a beautiful invitation to, you know, there's a, a, a combining these Christian symbols that we don't have to be embarrassed about. We can use them and say, hey, if these symbols work for you and they make sense to you and from your, you know, for me, I'm, I come from 600 years of, you know, my generation, 600 years back are, are Christians from the Germanic kind of, you know, you know, world in the forest there into Russia and Ukraine and then over into Canada. So that's been my ancestors. And so how do I honor my ancestors way of understanding faith and life in this new generation in bringing in the openness to altered mm-hmm. states, to be the openness to trans-based learning in Christian circles? I mean, can you imagine rites of passages, right, that we could do for young men and young women? As, as you know, I have four daughters in their 20s. And, you know, they, they say, Dad, there's an opportunity here for, for, for us to create beautiful opportunities for mothers and daughters as they're coming into their moon cycle to, to create kind of... Okay, beep, beep, yep. what? Yeah, their moon cycle. This is their period, right? Yeah. Oh, so, okay. yeah. So this is, yeah, I, I live with five women, so I'm, I'm pretty up to date. No, I, I wasn't. I just yeah. like, okay, that's just a new term for me. Yeah, I mean, moon, when you say cycle. it, okay. Yeah. I, I graze sons, so it's, you know. Right. So you think about the rites of passages for men, for fathers and, and, and sons to be able to go out into, in a communal way, in a structured way that a, a Christian community can say, we're going to do a father-son retreat, uh, you know, out in the forest, and we're going to be using, you know, psilocybin. And we're going to be allowing these young men to be stripped away of their ego, of their power, and they're going to be like little boys again, encountering the wildness of creation, and then the love of their father coming back to them and centering to them of what's really important right you know i think that's amazing those are opportunities that are that what good looks like in the next 20 years yeah i just a thought that came to my mind while you're saying that peg is i was with someone recently and we were talking about um some challenging trip experiences whatnot and um this person was talking about cannabis at the time and um we're talking and and he said to me I think what we have to recognize is it doesn't matter what the substance is, whether it be food or cannabis or psilocybin or MDMA or whatever, whatever the substance is, we should never do these substances by ourselves. Mm -hmm. We should never do substances by ourselves. Substances always be done in the container of community and leadership and someone keeping us safe to, because I think for, for me, if I'm going to let go, like you say, this induction, uh, as you, as people get into the, into psychedelic experiences, the induction of trust and let go, if I'm going to let go, I need to know that I'm safe. 
I need to know that I'm cared for. And so I just think of your model of fathers and sons and, and mothers and daughters or whatever that all might be to go, but, but do so in community, never do these, never do mushrooms by yourself, never do cannabis by yourself. Really? I mean, unless you just like, you know, yeah, I mean, can, can we get into cannabis? Because this has been a huge, a huge growth for me in the last year and a half. And you and I have had lots of conversations, but I just want to, I want to just put it out there. For let's get it listeners. on play. Let's get it on the on the counter. Yeah, let's, let's get it let's on the books, it. right? Yeah, and yeah, and yeah. Uh, you know, so you and I both encountered this book by Daniel McQueen called Psychedelic Cannabis. Yeah. He is a, a therapist out of Denver, Colorado, and to me, he is one of the leading thinkers on psychedelic medicines on our planet. Full stop. And the I'm part of the is- Saj Rosby group in, in Colorado. Saj is a yeah. brilliant, brilliant trainer. Yeah. with cannabis yeah and and to me what daniel mcqueen and his opening kind of his opening couple of sentences like even here it is it's right here here's my book uh and so listen to this i mean you've read this so it's i i know but this to me was is so profound the way he opens up the book is basically talking about the healing gifts of of cannabis and he says um he's talking about all the issues that are going on on our planet and he says i used to think the large-scale version uh you know, uh, what he's trying to do is I need to train uh, a bunch of healers to go out and start facilitating groups with medicine. And that if we could do that, we could finally heal the world. But then I realized that, you know, he gets into that. We don't have the time. We don't have the luxury of trying to create all of these kind of uh, enough therapists that understand the power of, of, of cannabis. He says we need the reason cannabis for him is such a beautiful medicine is that this is a, a medicine that needs your consent. It, you, t- you need to work with it. And he says, I can teach you in this book how to work with cannabis in a psychedelic way, not just getting high. We're talking full on psychedelic experiences on par with any psychedelic LSD. I'll agree with that. Yep. That's true. True in my experience. In his yep. protocol where he mixes sativa, uh, indicas, and then this middle blend uh, and how he does it and how he makes a container. He says, you, if you have the right set and setting, and you use my protocol, you can begin to do this on a weekly basis to work inside, you know, with friends. You don't need a therapist. You can do this on your own right now. Even online circles. Yep. And so I'm like, that seems like kind of crazy. And then you and I started to explore it. And our good friend, Rich out in in Kingston there offered a a cannabis circle. He was trained with Daniel McQueen. And I had my first online cannabis circle about, you know, four or five months ago. And I was shocked. I mean, I'm a daily cannabis user. I love cannabis for relaxing, for meditation. Heather and I use it in the hot tub. We connect and just, you know, it's, it's a beautiful medicine, but I've never seen it as a psychedelic. And Daniel McQueen's work really opened up a mm. different way of using and working with this medicine mm-hmm. to the degree that I'm like, this is the queen of all plants. This is the queen of all the plants. And so I have a new respect on how to work with cannabis to do these deep kind of altered state work that it's accessible to everyone and it's legal right now. Yeah, and what, you know, I, what I've, there's so much about the kind of uh, resurgence of, of cannabis as a medicine in, in my life. Um, I, I, we were joking the other day, I, it's such a humble little planet, plant. Like it, we call it weed. We yeah, just know, call it yeah. weed. It's just like it's just a weed, and it is a weed, right? It's it it just doesn't it doesn't clamor for the headlines. Yeah, 
doesn't demand to be noticed like psilocybin does. All due respect to the medicine, but psilocybin, you know, makes headlines and whatnot. So I, you, I, but two years ago, a year and a half ago, you gave me that book. You said, no. you got to read this book. So I started read it twice through and I said, okay, I'm, I'm going to start doing it. So I did, uh, I did his, using his method, I did it twice on my own. Okay. And one of them was, uh, did the, the deepest psychedelic experience of my life without any second place. And then I did a guided trip with Rich and yep. his team in Kingston about uh, a month and a half ago. And Peg, I just, I really have no words yep. for yep. how beautiful yep. and connecting and deep and psychedelic. Oh my God, was it psychedelic? Yep. But the difference between um, cannabis and, and psilocybin, for example, is, and again, all due respect to the medicine that I, you know, teach and train, and I love what psilocybin does. Psilocybin is at higher doses is not consensual. Yeah. So you it need to by know. the ear and says, we're going to have a talk. Yeah, it's in command. It's yeah. you were going, you, like you said, you want to get over your fear of dying. Okay, come, we're going to go do that. And you just got to go. And so that's a big part of preparing people for, for mushroom trips yeah. is, is dealing with their sense of agency. You're going to give up your agency. Cannabis is consensual. It says, I'll go if you want to go. Right. I agree with you. It's a problem solving medicine. It, it, it works together with us to figure problems out, to, to, to deal with anxiety, to deal with stress, to deal with pressures. It, it is such a, a, I call it a one down medicine. It just is going to work with us from this kind of submissive place and, and says, I'm never going to go ahead of you. Yeah. And, and I, you know, Daniel, uh, in his book, he, he talks about, he says that the new strains that we've got in the last 10 years have allowed it to become this psychedelic medicine because the THC content is now above higher. 25%. Yeah, yeah. And he says now it, and, and this is what happens is someone who hasn't smoked in a long time will go, Oh my goodness, I got so anxious on that. I can never do that. And then right, there's a right. lots of people that say, Oh, I've had a bad experience on the green out or something. I got, yeah, paranoia, I got too anxious. I got anxious. paranoid. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. and and he says, okay, good. That's the psychedelic. I'm going to teach you on how to balance that out using an indica and a third blend. And he uses a lot of this uh, carboxylated weed. Uh, so cannabis that's been sitting around for about six months. He says the THC content goes down, but the CBD element goes CBN. up. Which, CBN, yeah. And it helps it balance out so that the anxiety isn't there with that kind of weed. I tried that, to strain the other night. Yeah, how was that? You you gave that to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. really nice. It was really yeah. gentle. It was it's kind gentle, of mellow, yeah. but I liked it. Yeah, it was good. But imagine mixing that with a high yeah. dose at yeah. sativa yeah. and an indica. You yeah. blend that up in a in a trifecta, yeah. and then he begins. And then the other thing that's important for people to understand: this isn't just grab a you know grab a vape pen and go. First of all, you have to use flour because the terpenes are yeah. very important, and the terpenes yeah. get stripped out when they get into an oil or into or an edible. edible. Yeah. So no edibles, no oils. It's flour you need. You need to go to a bud tender and get the three different blends. You need to blend it into a organic. A uh, pardon me. Organic. He says yeah. that. Oh yeah. He yeah. says Don't if get there's the pesticides. pesticides and stuff, they can impact yeah. the terpenes. Yeah. Yeah. And so that when you learn that blend, then when you're when you're using it, it's very intentional. So you set intentions. You are what he, he's doing. He's layering about four different modalities on it. So you've got mindfulness, a, mindfulness, body scan. So yeah. a really good body scan for, for 15, 20 minutes. You want to get your whole, all your muscle system absolutely regulated and calm. Right. And then, you know, the net, then he does, uh, you know, a spirit kind of spiritual calling in of the seven directions. Uh, you know, so there's an openness to spirit. 
uh, mindfulness, uh, a body scan, uh, and then he does breath work. And so he'll do about 20 minutes of really deep kind of, uh, you know, conscious breathing and, uh, you know, almost holotropic at times, but you get, and then after all of that, then you start adding the cannabis in and you're laying on your back and that's key. Eye shades, headphones on your back in corpse pose, which is this Vipassana kind of meditation. Your, your inner ear, because you're laying flat, has a different kind of mechanism. And so now you add this blended cannabis and you just take a couple puffs on a, you know, on a pipe or on a vape and wait a couple, five minutes. And he says, if you're bored or you're, you're not feeling anything, you haven't done enough. You need to do enough, maybe three or four pulls at a time and then wait because it'll be fast. And then always have nano CBD uh, tincture nearby. And he, that's Yes, you need to bring it down a bit. Can yeah. you mellow it out? If it's getting too yeah. much, just take yeah. a couple drops of the CBD and it'll drop that THC down. So there's a natural way to do it. And then he says, particularly parts work, you know, using an IFS kind of framework, your ability to go inside to shut off the default mode network and then access with love these little parts that maybe you can't access a normal, you know, waking conscious, you can with, 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 uh, with cannabis. And the trip is an hour to hour and a half. Yes, and then you're landed and you're fine. And then you're like, oh, my yeah. life's fine now. And I can right. go back I have, and do whatever. All my trips, I wouldn't have been what someone would call stoned. Right. I mean, I was high. Yeah. I wasn't stoned, yeah. right? I, if, if I had to come out, I would have been able to interact with my environment. Yeah, I'd be a little you know, high, but not yeah. not crazy. So it's not an overwhelming thing. Yeah, you were mentioning the other day uh, that little little axiom he has. How's it go again? On cannabis, uh, any anxiety you feel is anxiety halfway, halfway out. out. Isn't, Isn't that, that great? Beautiful? I do. I love that idea. And he says, because what it's doing, it's, it wants to leave your body. There's an inner healing intelligence that wants to bring you to balance and wholeness. And so as you feel this anxiety, you begin to lean into it and say, ah, oh, what do you have to teach me? What do you need from me? You know, like, show me, show me. What, what am I anxious about? Where is this fear coming from? If I leaned into it, I'm going to allow it to move through me. And the cycle may only be a minute and a half as you yeah. open to it. It's yeah. not going to be like you're, and at any time he says, and if you're too overwhelmed, just turn on your side, take a few deep breaths, sit up, have some, you know, have a drink and the psychedelic component will drop and you'll still right. feel a little bit high, right. but the psychedelic component will be, will be gone. And then if you want to re-engage, just lay back down, eye shades back on, take some deep breaths, maybe take one more puff and you can get right back in. And, and I know Daniel McQueen's model is really at the heart of it based on accessibility and wanting as many people as possible to access the, for me, uh, if possible, I, I and I know in the circles it's it's you get it a different way, but I think it's good to, if you can to just have a have a friend. Oh just yeah, sit and be like even just to take notes. Sometimes I get really chatty, yeah. and but if I got to write stuff down myself, it kind of gets in the middle gets in the way. So and but also to like if you get feeling a little, it's a little much. That person can just be with you, like yeah. you say, turn you on your side, maybe yeah. even give you a drop or two of CBD, whatever it might be, and just kind of keep you regulated. That's fine. Like yeah. we're not, this isn't, this isn't like a, a five hour big, you know, medicine journey. We can do a lot of work. You can, you, it's consensual. And yeah. this is what I found. You can tell the trip what you want, what you don't want. Yeah. If it's getting yeah. too much. Just say stop. Yeah. And it will. And it, it will. And it works it that way. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and so, you know, if you are a therapist out there or you are working in kind of plant medicine work, 
can you just please go get psychedelic cannabis right now? Go, got it there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, go, buy, buy Daniel McQueen's yeah. work and start working with your clients doing this work. This is a great, and, and then learn the chops of how to work in altered states using yeah. cannabis first. This is a great teacher and you're going to learn how to work with people to go, okay, I anxiety. You can email on. you, you yeah. do circles next time yeah. you do circles, yeah. invite no, them in, we, experience it, just experience it. See yeah, what try it. Try it. Get yeah. someone else co-sit with you and just start experimenting with it. Go down to your bud tender in your town, anywhere in Canada. There's hundreds of them and go, hey, I'm looking for a really good high sativa that really gets you, you know, in the high stuff. And I'm looking for a really big indica that kind of is a big body stuff. And then I'm looking for a hybrid somewhere in the middle. A nice heart opening hybrid. Yeah. yeah. And he said, then you're going to get those three and you're going to make your blend. And then he said, take notes. What did you experience on that one? Ooh, oh, now I'm going to try another one. I'm going to try a different sativa this time and a different, yeah. and then make notes. And he says, eventually you'll have a little book. We'll say, ooh, you know, Blue Dream, awesome for this when it's mixed with, you know, this Kush from India. And the, and he said, you develop this little uh, elixir medicine of, of what strains work really well. I've got a great trees. blend. If you ever want to, you know, I my blend, for whatever reasons, you will experience the goddesses. Mm. <laughs> There's just something in this blend there's a goddess blend you've got i guess it's just really beautiful yeah wow i want it yeah, yeah. i'm in I, I i um i'm just learning how to hold space with this medicine right now so i'm i'm not like uh, a master at it or anything like that but just learning and i held space uh for adele recently and uh again like you say it was an hour long hour and 20 minutes no nope, not longer than that and and i think going in she was not skeptical but but like come on it, you know i've been high before i know it i don't yeah. Yeah, weed feels like, and she's told me many times. She goes, "Oh, that was a very, very good experience mm -hmm. for me. Yeah. I worked through some really good pieces for me." So I was, you know, it's like, yeah, proof is in the. Yeah. and you know, Heather, sure. the same thing. I mean, uh, you know, psilocybin is a big, big medicine for her, and it gets, becomes very somatic, and it can be really. She's actually had a lot of pain at times, or her body mm -hmm. is mm -hmm. giving her signals, and you know, and it's hard, right? And it's a big, sure, big sure. experience. But when she did cannabis. She's like, oh, cannabis, that's my friend. I know that one. Yeah. And so we started doing this kind of some journey work together. Um, and and we set intentions and talk ahead of time and put on a playlist and get our, you know, get our eye shades on and, you know, follow this kind of blend. And she has had profound experiences and would Ooh. say, Peg, she'll say to me, that's equally as good or better than any other psychedelic experiences I've had. And you no, know, I, I got to agree with that. Amazing. And I feel, I feel a little conflicted when I, I say it because of course I'm a national trainer for psilocybin. And I still say, look, if you're facing end of life distress or treatment resistant depression, some of these, like the most rigid conditions, right. you know, we know, you know, psilocybin is just shown as chops. It's, it's really good. But I, you know, I've been such an ambassador for psilocybin and I am, and it does things that other medicines don't. I just love psilocybin, but I'm telling you this, if you get scared of psilocybin, like don't let that prevent you from having these kind of spiritual mystical experiences. Yeah. Like you said earlier, the Hopkins, uh, is that like 88%? Well, what Roland Grippens has said, he said, that is the highest correlated variable to positive outcomes, to people getting what they want from the experience. You can get that with cannabis. And and this Heather's experience, my friend. I don't I don't feel bullied by right. cannabis. Yeah. And it's not, it's not, kind of, and because at any moment you can kind of stop the journey. Like it's, there's a break, there's a, there's a parachute, if you will. You're like, yeah. okay, I'm out, time out. That's enough. Boom. Which okay. is fine. 
and then we, just we, turn over and the trip's over like you it's not like you're trapped in it and going i gotta now buckle up for this next four hours and ride right. it out right. at any time you can say i'm out you know right. and so and particularly things like parts work it's so it's like it's made for this work just mm -hmm. drop in find a part that needs a bit of love and connection and pull you know and yeah. if you feel some anxiety so yeah no she's had profound experiences and uh and and it's so it's so easy, you know, it's like, oh, we, mm -hmm. Hey, wanna, you gotta want to do a little journey and work with that. You know, like she's letting go. She, she wants to uh, take a year off next year as a teacher. And there's a lot of conflicting, you know, stuff going on there. Like, do I really? And yeah. she goes, I just, I, I, I want to, I want to navigate that drops mm -hmm. into her cannabis experience, has an incredible conversation internally, begins to feel peace, finds direction. Oh, it's like, boom, yep, got it, here it is. And she comes out an hour later and goes, yep, I navigated all that, that's exactly, right, right, I now right. have a sense of deep confidence in knowing exactly who I am and where I'm going. Yeah. I'm like, you did that on your own, yep. Like, yeah. that's the potential. And, then now, and now we're doing this together and setting intentions on our relationship. And, you know, when we're, and we can then, we also talk after and say, hey, let's navigate some of these things we're navigating through and, you know, bump here and there. Let's use a little bit of cannabis, lighten up, feel a sense of heart open with one another. Yeah, you know, cannabis, cannabis has got a heart opening gear too, which is, I've had experiences with cannabis equal to the heart opening of MDMA. Yes, yes. And, and, and MDMA, again, a, a medicine that I have a, like a ton of respect for and love what it's doing therapeutically for trauma, for couples, wonderful. But MDMA is like, it's kind of neurotoxic. You got to be like really careful with this medicine because it, you know, it's not like, like a light thing. Well, cannabis helps your brain. Yeah. Cannabis promotes uh, growth of the brain. And, and it can, if you set intentions, if you're open to it, and I'd like what you say, find a blend Let's yeah. see the terpenes seem yeah. to be uh, moving in that direction. It can be just like MDMA. Yeah. Um, one, a cannabis doc that I know in, in Calgary, Ryan said to me, because um, he was trying to teach me about uh, cannabis. And he said, um, we, are, we always talk about THC percentages, THC. You know, uh, he said, think about the THC is the rocket fuel. That's the blast off. That's like, yeah. that's how strong the, the thrust is going to be is the, is the THC. He says, but the terpenes, which no one ever talks about, is the guidance system. Mm. Now that you're taking off, where is this trip going to go? Yeah. Is it going to go to heart opening? Is it going to go to um, finding God? Is it going to, you know, it creativity? Creativity. Yeah. Like yeah. the terpenes define that. And that's why we have to be protective of the terpenes. We have to pay attention to the terpenes. And that's where I got, like for me, I'm a cheap Scot. So I'm not going to buy the organic wheat because it's more expensive. But, but, uh, but this, this, this perspective says pesticides and, and whatnot. Um, interfere with, with those terpene profiles yeah significantly yeah. interfere with it because yeah. but not to thc content so no i still got like 30 percent thc you can use it yeah. say no you want to you want to pay attention and and i love your idea of like keeping your own your little diary or something yeah. that can say you know this is what this blend does it but like in terms of not the intensity of the trip mm -hmm. but what the experience the flavor of the, trip. the tone the texture yeah 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 yeah. what it was like and yeah. and that has to do with the terpenes so we gotta i think it's it's really good to start paying attention to yeah where and, this you know you walk into goes. any uh you know canadian um you know cannabis store 
uh, and they'll have posters up about terpenes and they're really big into this. You can go talk to your bud tender at a, you know, at a legal dispensary and say, Hey, can you educate me a little bit? Okay. On can I ask you a little bit about that? I don't yeah. want to put anybody down, but like my bud tender. Okay. Yeah. I don't have a bud tender. I love the yeah. idea that I've got, yeah, this, I know I've got this kind of wine, this wine guy that knows all the things of wine. My bud tender is like, you know, 18 and yeah. really cool and fun. And I, I like her and she's smart, but I'm not really sure that she's really in depth on the terpenes. Maybe she is. So who are these bud tenders? How do I find these humans? Yeah. Well, I, I, there's one, there's a, there, okay. There's a guy at High Street at at the at the cannabis store in at High Street, the mall yeah, in in yeah. Abbott Street here, and yeah. and the guy is an old school can. He's been you know he's smoked cannabis for thirty years, and so he right, tries right. everything. Yeah. And so he he's just an experienced guy, and he's probably you know fifty something. And I'll go in, and if he's working, I'll say, okay, hey, you know what have you got? I'm looking for this, and he's like, ooh, let me get you this down. And and so <laughs> I I kind of like that idea of of having a relationship with you know, a bud tender. No, I, no I'm attracted yeah. to the idea. I just, it hasn't been necessarily my experience. I, we go camping in Oregon on the Oregon coast every year to this uh, town called Manzanita and they've got a weed store there. And that guy works at that store. Like you go into, you can just tell the space, this guy smoked weed his entire life. And he loves to talk about the weed. Right. Oh, we just grew this, yes. this little bud right here. Look at that. Take it, take Dave, smell it. And I was like, no, no, please smell it. You'll you, the smell will tell you whether your body likes it. If you yes. smell it and you go, that's telling you that's something. And I was like, really? He goes, yeah, yeah, you've got to smell the weed. And yeah. I was like, okay, so this is that guy, right? Yeah, and, and that McQueen talks about that. He says, those smells are the terpenes you're smelling. And he says, they've got to fit you like, like any aroma. And if you find that too, that's not pleasant, then steer clear of that. That's an indication. If there's a, a pleasant kind of, oh, that's interesting. And that's attractive. It that's, sort of connects with you in some, yeah, like it doesn't always have there. to be a pleasant. It can be even like, like a spicy kind of thing. You go like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I like, so that was, yeah. So that was this guy in yeah. in in Portland or um, Oregon coast that sort of what you're saying a guy up high street. So I yeah. wish I had I wish I had a bud tender that I could. Well, we'll we'll develop them. And uh, but anyways, I'm really glad we kind of riffed yeah. on on cannabis and yeah, yeah, uh, sure. because to me it's a huge growing area in in my understanding and research. And mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I with gathering groups, we want to start offering cannabis circles and training people on how to use cannabis in groups and settings like this and how to hold space for that. Right. And uh, so it's yeah, there's so much potential there. And I think I see Daniel McQueen's work as some of the most profound out there right now, because mm -hmm. he's trying to give the average person access to legal medicines, yeah. ways of, of navigating and deal with yeah, depression, I, trauma yeah. connection. So yeah. well, we've yeah. been around the universe today, haven't we? Yeah, well, that was great. Uh, anything else that before we kind of close up here uh, that you Oh, I'm sure there is. I mean, as we you know, you know me, I'm I, I got a I, you know, my heart is is really you know for uh, and sorry if this I don't, I don't mean this in like trying to cut people up at all it's just where my heart's at I, I'm I'm just what I'm learning about being a man in today's world about uh, aging mm. uh, about how to how to age well and by me age well with with joy instead of like anger yeah um because it's tough you know your body yeah. starts breaking down I was walking through Seven Oaks Mall the other day and you know I got this buggered up shoulder now and and, um, and I was just walking through the mall and it just occurred to me, this is the best day of the rest of my life. Mm. Like it, it, it really totally gets worse from here. My body's I mean, only like, going to fall don't apart talk more. That way. <laughs> it's true. I mean, yeah. it's true. I, I was telling my friend about, uh, 
my shoulder, he goes, oh, how could that happen? How could possibly happen? I went, I got a 1958 Chevrolet, man. And, right. You know, the, the bolts are going to get stripped eventually. The, yeah. the paint is going to chip. It's just kind of what happens. That's and so but that's, yes, yeah, normal thing. So for me, you say, where's my brain at these mm. days is to try to try to, when I say help men, I know it's like, oh, really? We got to help men. Everything's going to be about men. I'll tell you, women have always understood suffering, community, um, courage. Mm. They they just, under, but men have been protected from it. They're, you know, I mean, I'm not saying men don't have to face hard things. Of course we do. We're the, you know, historically been the providers and the mm. hunters and gatherers and then the soldiers and the warriors. And I understand all that. I'm not trying to dismiss the important role of men, but in today's world, this is like we're being stripped of our, of our, of our roles appropriately. So, uh, and how, like, if I could put it just where my heart's at is like men as a, as a, like a large group don't know how to grieve. I mean, if yeah. I could put it as easy, as straightforward as that, mm. they don't know how to go through the process of grief. Wow. And so they project it outwards. They become yeah. miserable. They come depressed. They lose their, their interest in being alive. Yeah, there's a there's a book. Um, so, anyways, I want Francis to Francis Weller. On that that's who I was thinking of. Francis Weller. Um, uh, the and he talks about sorrow. He's an author, and he talks about grief and the five gates of grief about loss and and yeah. and and these and that those themes of letting go of loss of grief. Um, and man, I love men's work and I, I just, I run, you know, I run men's groups yeah, and men's circles, yeah, yeah. uh, and the profound experiences of men getting into an authentic, safe place where they can be honest and be heard and be vulnerable and, and explore their emotions. That is some of the most profound healing I've ever seen is, is men connecting with their heart for the first time in their life. Mm -hmm. It's yeah, this is, this to me is uh, and a if we real big part. Open um, our hearts to our partners, mm, to our daughters, yeah. to our nieces, to our granddaughters, we would open in an egalitarian way. The healing we would receive from these women is off the charts. Yeah. But of course, we got to be in charge. Yeah. Got to be my way or the highway. It just wow. shuts. We become islands, become rocks. Anyways, I'd love yeah. to rip on that sometime. Yeah. Well, but, we'll do uh, that. Thank yeah. you so much, Dave. What a great conversation. Well, thank you. I yeah, mean, it's been kind uh, of my podcast too. So Dave and I on the yeah. Unveiled podcast talking yeah, about spirituality and psychedelics and all these different kind of things. Thanks. I don't know who the hell listens to this, but for whoever's listening, if you know how hard it is for these two ADD guys to actually do this podcast, it's ridiculous. Yeah. We've we have set the intention to do this dozens of times and we end up either just getting high and silly and then we think we can't talk at or all we're too busy another or thing. too busy or we get doing something else so we did it today yeah. you made it happen way to go you uh love you brother okay have a great day